VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Young F.A. Holmes. Ah. So scary, won't let them bury me. Uh, That's why I keep my 30. I shoot like Gary. And boy, I'm getting money. I'm getting money. Uh-huh. All right, welcome back to Don V Fridays. This is a special early signing day slash national signing day slash Christmas holidays episode. We got Drift in the building. Drift back in the building. How you living, Chief? feel good man after uh an exciting day of recruiting we finally have our 23 class so i'm i'm chilling man i had i had fun today watching the recruits come in and uh we got a lot to talk about i've been excited for this episode um so might as well just jump right in yeah this is one of those this is definitely one of those uh days and national signing day slash early signing day it's normally a boring day for most Virginia Tech fans because normally we don't get normally we get flipped. Normally we we limp yeah. to the finish on these days. We get flipped on, or like we have like a very anticlimactic day. But no, we had a little something, something to be excited about. So uh this is that this is definitely uh, a different national Saturday day. It's got a different tone. And tenor to it. We gonna get into all your national signing day needs, but first we gonna show love to the patrons, the people keeping the lights on, the people keeping the lights on around here. Frank, shout out to Frank, man. Shout out to Frank, legend. Joe Rogers, our guy, legend. Shout out to Jake, legend. Shout out to Nathan, legend. Shout out to Angie, legend. Shout out to our guy, man, Brendan Hill. Uh, triumph, shout out to Triumph, man. Legend, shout out to Susan, shout out to Matthew, shout out to Elaine, legend, shout out to Jerry, uh, at Cougar Trainee, legend, shout out to Cam Cobb, legend, shout out to Amir, shout out to Dan, legend, shout out to Beth Barnes, legend, shout out to Lonnie, shout out to Adam, shout out to Brian, shout out to Nola. Shout out to Mitch, legend. Shout out to Avery. Shout out to Tom, legend. Shout out to Andrew, legend. Shout out to Treadmill Horse. Shout out to Corey. Shout out to Dittler, our guy, legend. Shout out to Luke. Shout out to Ty. Shout out to Greg, legend. Shout out to Brandon, legend. Shout out to Alex, legend. Shout out to Daniel. Shout out to Nathan. Shout out to Two Quickski. Shout out to Josh Young, legend. Shout out to Paul. Legend, shout out to Ben, our guy, legend. Shout out to Nick, our guy, legend. Shout out to Marquise, Andrew, our guys. Shout out to Valerie, legend. Shout out to Jack. Shout out to Mary Andrew. Shout out to Kobe. Shout out to John. Don V Friday's Patriots. Sign up. Become pump, become part of the squad. DM me, DM Drift for details. Join the team, man. Join the winning team. It is 
Nash, it, today is early signing day, but if you follow recruiting like we do, today was pretty much National Signing Day. Uh, the one that's in February now is like an afterthought. All the all, all the big moving and shaking happens at uh, early signing day. And honestly, we at a point where like if a, if a guy is waiting for National Signing Day, like the real one, or the original one, then he's super on. A lot of people decide. A lot of people are pretty much in there by now. Uh, yeah. At this point, so uh, Virginia Tech, as we as we sit here, um, I believe we have the thirty six class. If I'm not mistaken, yes, 30, 36 overall class, 35th the, composite rank, and then in terms of transfers, we're 17th. The 36th class, the 35th according to the composite, and we and honestly, before we get into who's who, and you know, uh, we cover most of these guys as they committed during the year, but there were some that just committed recently and flipped recently, yep. but um. I think for Pratt's first year, as far as and, and we covered this ad nauseum, like uh, trying to fix, trying to fix Virginia recruiting, and he was he was you know working the phones and working the high school scene, and he stuck to his word. He kept everything within that six hour radius, um, as far as the high schools are concerned. Everything is Tennessee, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. He did in Pennsylvania. He didn't really venture too too crazy. And it's nothing wrong with you know plucking kids from wherever. Like we don't want to make it seem like they better all be from Virginia. No, our problem with the last staff was you know completely like moving off the off of the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth, and going to Texas and Arkansas and Missouri and wherever to get whoever. It wasn't even to get elite talent. Like, that was our issue. But Pride has kept it within the footprint. And honestly, before we get into the players, there's some talent in here, man. Like, I don't normally just be lying and shit. Like, there's some real talent uh, in this class. Uh, is it any? Is it a class full of people that's going to be impact players next year? No. No, I don't think so. Maybe the transfers, yes, but the high school players, no. So I want to give Fontel Mans, I want to give him his flowers, man. Oh, yeah. We were heavy in that 804. We was heavy in the 804 this cycle, even in the Big transfers. Time. So, so I want to put some respect on Fontel Mans' name. Virginia Tech getting in a class in the mid-30s in Pratt's first real cycle. I'll take it. Um, mind you, nobody thinks this is like the peak. Like, we don't think – like, Fuente recruit, recruited well at first, but it was kind of downhill from there. Like, I feel like we're 36, and this is the floor. I think we're going up from here. So, Oh, I do too. What's your that. thoughts on the overall class uh, before we get into the signees and transfers and things? But what's your thoughts overall on, on, on early signing day? I like it a lot, you know, just like what you were saying. Um, there are some talented players in here. Uh, that's something we haven't really seen in recent classes. Um, I think, you know, like you said, I don't think any of these, like a lot, I don't think a lot of these guys are going to come in and 
you know, start right away or contribute right away. But there are some guys that can play their freshman year. Uh, I think more so than we had in last year's class. So I'm excited for this class. I think it's a big foundational class in terms of, you know, getting recruiting back up in the state of Virginia and building those relationships back up. I think this class really sets us in a good direction moving forward. Um, and I'm just, I'm just really excited to see how this staff can, you know, take this class and bounce it into 2024, which I think is where we're going to really get some of our studs uh, and then and so forth after that. So I was critical on the staff early on in terms of the recruiting. And even I think in the last time we recorded an episode, I wasn't really sold on the class too much, um, especially in the transfers. I said, you know, we're going to have to nail uh, our transfers down because we really don't have the talent. And they came out and they flipped uh, Antonio Kopman, Aiden Green. Well, Aiden Green decommitted from uh, Cincinnati after Fickle left. They got Chance Fitzgerald, um, Pop Watson. And then in the transfers, they killed it, getting drones and Allie Jennings. And I didn't think that there was a shot at getting drones and Allie Jennings, honestly. I thought maybe Jennings. Um, I really didn't think drones was going to be in play. So uh, hats off to the staff, man. They absolutely – crushed these last couple weeks also the like the way that they did national signing day today doing like the draft style uh the presentation having each recruit on there individually giving them their time like it was just uh it was really nice to see so really uh really exciting times as a Virginia Tech fan yeah definitely definitely um definitely a great time to be a Virginia Tech fan you know we uh we we talk about building blocks and foundation. It, it, that's been a word that's been thrown around for the last year. You know, building blocks, foundation. You know, y'all gonna be the ones that. And I I think I said it in the space I did last week. We didn't pod last week. I I did a space where we was, where I was talking about drones and Jennings and all that. And let me be the first one to say. This class, this twenty twenty three cycle might not see any game of importance in their three to four years at Tech. They might not see, they might not get to taste the ACC championship. I'm going to be all the way real. We're going to talk real. Hey, go look somewhere else for the Disney World takes. This crop might not play for anything of relevance while at Tech as far as playoffs, uh, ACC title, you know, things of that nature. But maybe if they stay, you know, five years, some of them that's going to be here for five years, they might be able to taste some, you know, plan for actual relevance. But this is going to be the this. I ain't going to lie. This this class is going to go through some shit like last year's class. Obviously, the 22s, they they see they saw a three win season as true freshmen. Um, I think it goes up from there, but. This team is going to have to do all the uh, heavy lifting. They're going to be they're going to be the ones with the machetes hacking through the forest and paving the roads. And then by the time we get to like 2028, they're going to see the built up product and they're going they're going uh they're going to be able to taste the fruits of this class's labor. So this class, hey bro, Y'all about to go through some shit. I ain't gonna hold y'all. I ain't gonna be the one to lie to y'all. Uh, but I do, I do like the. I think we both said it when Antonio Cotman picked Boston College, and somebody can pull the tapes, whatever. 
we both said that's a flip. We we, we, yeah, we I think we both said like we said hold the phone on that one. Don't trip on that one. We'll be right. back. And all we had to do was let the games be played. And don't get me wrong, we was a three-win team. But once we started getting that real, some real momentum on the trail, I knew we were spending a block on that. Um, being able to get Chance Fitzgerald, a, a kid that I think you reported, he had he had P5s on him. Like, this isn't just, you know, oh, three-star, whatever. He, no, this – that was a that was different. Uh yeah. being able to pull him. Um uh, Yeah, I, mean, I had two of my friends that are huge Michigan fans and like definitely know what's going on. They they both texted me before Chance Fitzgerald committed to tech and they were like, Hey, congrats. Uh he's one of our targets, like really good pickup for tech. We were going after him. And so Right. Um, and Michigan gotta discriminate now when they come to talent. Like they they don't just take any damn body. Oh yeah, so. no, for sure. They go after – and the thing is, is when Michigan goes after a three-star player, it's like the cream of the crop of three-stars. Like, it's like a guy who's rising that's, like, should be a four, probably not, like, because of, of how long he's been in the cycle for. Um, so, that was big for Michigan to be on him and, and for us to get him instead. So, um, props to the staff, props, props to Mines, props to uh, Sean Quinn, who has been in Tennessee putting in work. Uh, we got a Sean. Qu- hey, Sean Quinn. Sean Quinn has been on the road. I, I really want somebody to go through and like see how many schools he's visited this year because it's got to be in like the hundreds. Bro, Sean Quinn don't sleep. Sean Quinn can't sleep. Look, Sean Quinn be on the road. Mind you, like when you driving from Blacksburg to like Northern Virginia, when you going up into like the DC metro area. From Blacksburg, that's like five hours. Like four, I say four and a half, five hours. Ain't no bruh. Shout out to Sean Quinn, bro. <laughs> he he's at schools at like seven in the morning, and then he'll be in like another county at a different school by like 10:30. And then by the end of the day, he's in another state. And it's like, how the fuck did he do? I mean, the, the amount of miles he probably put on his car this year. Uh man. Outstanding work by, by Sean. They but listen, they I know he got a gas card. I think that go without saying that he got a gas card. Uh, shout oh, out yeah. to Sean Quinn. Um, and also shout out to Sean Quinn for not doing the Galen Scott because listen to me, if I if I had the gas card and they had me up in the DMV area, Northern Virginia, oh, I would I be sniping. I would be a <laughs> DC. I would be a DC sniper. If you hear me? Shit. They'd be like, damn, bro, you going back to DC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got no, I got no recruit. <laughs> be a be a sniper like a mother. Shout out to Sean Quinn, man. Being able to go to DMV and Tennessee and not snipe and get the job done on the recruiting front. Uh shout out to Fontail Mines, man. Fontail been working, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think a Fontail lot of people been- are kind of crediting him for uh for Varner and obviously he got Jennings and the wide receivers that he pulled in this class were some of the best players in this class. Um, yeah. He he put together some shit. Um yeah. I'm excited yeah. to see what he does in the future cuz he if he locks up the 804 man so much talent rolls through there he will be such a pipeline. Yeah, the 804 definitely got the juice so is that and we we was heavy in the 804. Um 
And I saw what Fontaine was ranked with the ACC's eighth best recruiter. So that lets you know. Imagine you, the ACC, you got Clemson, you got Miami, you got Florida State. Like Clemson, Miami, and Florida State all did very well recruiting this year. So for Fontaine to be ranked amongst, you know, their position coaches and their assistants and, you know, we ain't quite throwing around some of the money that some of them programs can throw around. We know Miami was throwing money around. So oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh so shout out to Fontel for being ranked amongst the top ACC assistants. Uh I mean, as far as in recruiting, he deserves it. And there was a lot to be desired on the field as far as what the wide receivers did. But I mean, Fontel could say, look, man, I ain't, I ain't know them motherfuckers, man. I ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't me. That ain't my work, son. That ain't got shit to do with me. Y'all know what they was. Uh, but Fontaine got some toys. He got some toys this year to work with. Um starting with Ali Jennings. I mean, that was a that was a pickup and he's an 804 kid too. So would you say that Ali Jennings was the best pickup of the of the cycle? The best signing? Out of the transfers, out of the transfers, yes, because I for for the on the field and the off the field because that's the kid we probably should have got. He should have never even had to go to West Virginia right. and ODU and all of that. So I think for yes, the on the field and the off the field, yes. But um, I'm gonna say I said it. I said it when we got him, and I'm gonna say it again. And this is the name in in our recruits that a lot of people probably he's not the headliner. He might not, you might not see this kid play for four years, but I'm saying it, bro. I'm stamping it to Varian Copeland from, I think he's from Appomattox, Virginia. He's skinny as hell. He's like 195 pounds. He's like a, he's like a DN slash linebacker. He's like baby um, Kelly Lawson. Yeah. Maybe even faster than Kelly. He's quick. Yeah. I'm, 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 we ain't gonna. I'm, he, he, give me three years. Give me three years. That give him. Pry and Marv gonna do something with that kid, bro. Yeah, I think Pry and Marv gonna work magic with that kid, bro. That's my favorite recruit in this whole cycle. Tavarian Copeland, Appomattox, Virginia. Um, you're not gonna see him for a couple. He, he got. They gotta put some bricks in his pockets. So I'm not even tripping on, oh, he got to come save us next year. It's not going to happen. He will not play next year. I can almost guarantee that shit. Unless they move him to wide out or some shit. But um, that's my favorite high school pickup in this class. Who is your favorite high school recruit in this class? Uh, probably Aiden Green, man, just because of the, of the speed and the quickness. Like, at wide receiver, I don't think we've seen a receiver with his speed and quickness come through in a long time a really long okay. time so i want to see him like i want to see the bombs deep i want to get him on deep crossers like i think he's somebody that can show us another gear of the offense that we just really haven't seen in a long long time um you know, he's a little small i mean he's only like 170 right now but i mean that's that's fine you get him into a you know get him into a college training program he'll be good uh to at least hit the field and and be fine, but you can't teach speed. You know, when you got somebody that can burn like that, um, and is tall too, because he's like six one, 
just a great combination. So I'm excited for him. He was like, he was basically Cincinnati's biggest pickup in their class when Luke Fickle was there and he was a huge deal for them. So um, I think he's going to be a player for sure, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for Pop Watson too. I thought it was cool to pick up a quarterback outside of Whitakey. Uh, I know he's a little yeah. small, a little short, but he's he's pretty uh he's pretty versatile. So you know, keep those. Yeah, guys Pop coming. Pop Watson. I, I was looking at his film today, and he bring he he's gonna bring a dimension, and he might not play next year or the year after that, but when he does eventually play, um, even if he's serving in a backup role. He's going to be something that the defense got to account for as far as him being able to run the ball, him being able to make plays outside of the pocket. Uh, he might not be a kid that we're going to ask him to throw 30, 40 times a game. I don't even think that's in his game. But he's going to bring a different dimension. He might be even better served as you bring him in, red zone stuff. You, you I mean, you, you know, anytime you need a spark, you can bring in pop and get right. plays in there maybe. He can play some slot receiver or something. I think he has that kind of ability. So shout out to Pop Watson for coming in out of Massachusetts. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of talent in his class. It's a lot of yeah. It's a lot yeah. of talent in his class. Uh, man. Oh man, and like Popman too. His size, uh, being yeah. 6'2", 200 as an outside corner is exactly what you need nowadays. It, it's no yeah. longer like the five eleven corners rule the world like. If you're a six-two boundary corner, that is like that's Jalen Ramsey. That's their size. You have to be that. Um, I yeah, think Brandon he's Brandon face on Brandon face yeah. on. Oh yeah, Anton oh. Exum, big corners. Those big corners can dominate, man. So I mean, we we have there's so much in this class. I think a lot of these guys might not stay the full four years. You know, with the way that tr- the transfer market is nowadays. Oh yeah. Um, we got some pieces, man. We got some big time pieces. We got some definite pieces. Now, I was I did the space last week and I talked about Kyron Drones uh transfer from Baylor. And I said that now this this spring we have a real QB competition. Um so let's say let's say Grant Wells wins the quarterback competition. I know that Grant Wells will be better than he was last year if he beats out drones for the starting oh, for sure. job. So much more. So it, so if drones, if drones don't win the quarterback competition this spring, it's not the end of the world. That means that Grant has improved and Grant has, you know, he, he got a fire lit up under him now. And yeah. he knows shit ain't sweet. So the other good thing too I, I is think, like, I think drones can play though. I I've been oh for sure. Yeah. Well my research on drones and he was a four-star, you know, coming out of high school and a four-star transfer, according to 247. So Yeah, without really even playing. Like, to keep your four-star yeah. without really playing is, is pretty impressive. I think the other good thing about it, too, is, like, if, if Grant Wells has a bad game, you know, I think that would be a much quicker turnaround, you know, to just throw drones in there. Whereas last year it was like, okay, the staff knew, everybody knew that, you know, Jason Brown was not even close to what we could get with Wells. Uh, so Jones is going to be right there. It's going to be – we're going to have a much better quarterback room going into next year. I think it's going to be six quarterbacks, six, uh, six scholarship quarterbacks. That's a, that's a big yeah, it's a much better quarterback room. And like you said, like I don't think – I don't think whoever wins 
the starting job is going to have the quick hook, but there's going to be a hook. It ain't going to be like last year. Now, I voiced this, I voiced this uh, concern last week, and I voiced again for Don B. Friday's listeners. Offensive and defensive line, I'm still not seeing the talent coming in on those lines. Obviously, they got kids that's going to play offensive and defensive. Because I don't want to get that shit confused because people think, okay, you're landing offensive line commits, defensive line commits, like, oh, we're just – no. Because we kind of need people that have – that we need people that can play right now, like, on the lines, on both lines. Yes. It's kind of it's uh, dire, dire at this point. And if this team is going to continue to get whooped in the trenches, it don't matter who's playing quarterback. It don't matter who's playing wide receiver. They don't matter who's playing corner. Uh, team's gonna get their ass kicked, and this there's there's gonna be another wave of transfer portal. Obviously, this was the first wave. These are the guys that you know the the higher rank guys. There's gonna be a, another wave of transfer guys in the spring. The guys that don't like where they at on their depth charts. Um. So maybe there's going to be more offensive and defensive line players to be had. But like I just said, it's going to be guys that's probably not happy with their depth chart situation at their own school. Uh, that don't mean they can't play here, but it mean they couldn't play there. So yeah. just. Um, I mean, Varner on the defensive line, that's a solid pickup. I think we yes. need one or two more on the defensive line. The thing is, too, is we had a lot of defensive line recruits in last year's class. The staff's probably just trying to keep around to see if some of those guys can, like, you know, come out and, like, do something. Um, so I think that's why we haven't seen as big of a push in, in terms of D-line guys. But on the offensive line, I, you know, Lathe, I don't know if he can play year one, but what we have right now for the offensive line is not good. We don't have any transfers. I think Price said today in the press conference he's looking for at least one offensive line transfer. I would rather have three, but um, <laughs> we'll see. So I agree. I think the offensive line is still of concern. Some people have, have pointed out that J.C. Price is looking a little spooky on the recruiting trail because he missed on Hughes. And I think there was one other DN that we couldn't secure. Um, but to be determined. I think you, you really can't get rid of J.C. Price at, like, you, just, you can't because he's the assistant head coach. So you just, you just got to hope that it gets better next year and the offensive line gets better, too. Because, I mean, those are supposed yeah, to be two of our yeah. top coaches. Yeah, J.C. Price and Joe Rudolph, they, 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 they're not in trouble. But they're under, they're under investigation. <laughs> we got them. We are, they are under investigation. Dumpy Fridays has J.C. Price and Joe Rudolph under investigation. Now, Cheetah, Cheetah did his goddamn job on the field, more so on the field, and Fontel did his job off the field. So there's your DB room, and I mean there's your DB coach, and there's your wide receiver coach, um, making their bacon in different ways. Offensive line coach, defensive line coach. Um, yeah, you're on the probationary period. We're watching you. We are watching you. So, um, our guy Monty Chapman, the seven five seven Hokey, uh, he went to UNC 
Uh, I said I saw the uh, edit today. Shout out to Amani Chapman. Uh, he's a solid corner. He's a solid corner, and God knows UNC lost a fuck ton. So shout out to our guy, man. He should be that. I don't see it. I don't see a scenario where he's not playing unless he's hurt. So shout out to Amani Chapman. Yeah. It's a shame we don't play uh, UNC next year, but right, he'll probably, he'll probably head top his ass. Yeah. So um, I think I also heard. I think I heard this on Tech sideline. I might have been tripping, but Caleb Smith chose Notre Dame, or am I tripping? Yeah, Caleb Smith uh, committed Notre Dame. Shout out to Caleb Smith, man. We we rooting for you. We wish you the best. Um, I don't know how familiar, well, how cold it gets up there, but it gets cold. Shit, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it gets you know, cold. I, I mean, if you play at Tech, I mean, Tech gets cold. Like yeah, I ain't gonna hold. Yeah, but not like not like South Bend cold. That's I ain't a, gonna hold that mountain. I'm. I've been. I've been in Southwest Virginia, like in the mountains, when it gets cold. I, I, I'm I'm not used to cold weather. I mean, I, I I'm used to like somewhat mild, but like nah, bro. Blacksburg get cold. I ain't gonna hold that mountain air gets cold as hell. So, I don't know if it's consistently as cold as Indiana though. Well, South Bend has a high of five degrees on Friday. So yeah, okay, they, so they, I don't they, know. They, they, they might got it. Hey, Caleb, God bless you. <laughs> you oh, have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> Also, just shout out, Kayla. I tweeted this out, but like, what a life accomplishment to go from an undraft, I mean, not an undraft, but fucking a walk-on walk on. player, yeah. uh, and then play at Notre Dame. Uh, that's that's yeah. huge. And like, he's he'll probably have the opportunity to get a degree there too, or at least um, take classes, whatever. And that's that's huge. The, the Notre Dame alumni network is, is massive, so uh, that was probably a life move for him as well. And so, oh yeah, shout out, shout out to him. Oh yeah, and I'm pretty sure it is. Some NIL opportunities for him. I'm pretty sure he's getting a bag from somewhere. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey man, listen, Caleb Smith. Like whether, like whether I was a fan or not, and I ain't gonna sit up here and be like, oh, I was a big no. I, I made my stances clear. Like I don't gotta like everybody, bro. Like that's the thing about being a fan. You don't gotta like all everybody, bro. You can you can say okay, whatever, but I can still recognize and say he was our best player on the offense and on the team at times last year too. Um and all my criticisms of Caleb Smith never had anything to do with him as a person. He seemed like a good guy, a good he seemed, come from a good family, all that. Um just wasn't my cup of tea as far as receivers. And that's okay. Whatever, you know. But I I want him to go kill it at Notre Dame. Like I, I'm not a hater or nothing like that. That's lame shit. So shout out to him. Right. And shout out to our money Chapman for going to UNC. Yeah, um, we mean, went. I, yeah, go kill I it. Was, I wasn't even thinking either of them honestly would have ended up power five. Uh, so yeah. good for them. Good for yeah, them. go kill it. Uh, DJ Harvey ended up at San Jose State. Yeah, DJ Harvey chose San Jose State. We root, we rooting for you. And 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 in DJ Harvey's case, he has talent. I wouldn't even be surprised if San Jose State not his last stop. He goes. Back bounces back to P five, yeah. uh, in a year or two, and he could find his way out of Oregon or some shit. So that's the thing about this transfer portal, man. It, you can you can play your cards right and do what you got to do, and next thing you know, boom. Yep. You uh, I mean, you're right back. At, you're right back. 
look at the way drones played his cards, right? I mean, he comes to Virginia Tech. We, we had basically the worst offense in Power 5. But now with our transfers coming in, getting Jennings, getting Daquan Felton, we might have a pretty good offense now all of a sudden. So he flipped that around. Now he's got a potential starting role um, and can showcase his talents. So if you work yeah. it right, man, if you coordinate with the right players and the right coaches, you can flip around a program and end up in a good situation. So shout out to staff yeah. for using and selling playing time and balling out, man. It's big time. Yeah, that definitely some big time moves. So we we showed we shine a spotlight on some of our, you know, favorite recruits. We shine our light on the transfers. We shine our light on some of the the Hokies that's moved on and you know, God bless them. We obviously if we play you, we want to beat you. Like we'll keep it all the way real. But um did you see where uh Fuente, Coach Fuente uh, forget about that. So Pat Narduzzi, pit head coach, he made a comment. And um he said he knows that two schools contacted UNC quarterback Drake May and offered him five million dollars. Now he's not gonna say who, because he pretty much already in a draft snitch. You might as well say a name. If you're gonna snitch, go all the way. Right. We know tampering is in college football, and we know Pat Narduzzi got a dog in that race. The people keep saying, like, what the fuck they got to do with him? Pat Narduzzi it was the first victim of NIL tampering. Like, let's call it what it was. USC pretty much knew that, I mean, Jordan Addison was a pit player. USC Trojans basically came at him with the bag and said, come on. Come on over. He was a Belitnikov winner for Pitt. And USC basically stole him. And now he's blowing the whistle on Drake May. Who, I, who Drake May didn't leave. Drake May didn't leave UNC. Yeah. Um, Drake May even said he's not going to leave. He even said he's not going to leave. These motherfuckers be capping. But, you know, he might be telling the truth. But um, I guess the qu- the question is, is Pat Narduzzi, is he ratting? Is that ratting? Or is he just uh, doing his do his good duty as a coach? I think he's just just blowing smoke. Um, I think the reason that these coaches don't rat, like don't full on come out and say, "Hey, it's like it's NC State or whoever." Like the reason I think the reason they don't do that is because they do it too. I think everybody does it to some sort of extent, right? So if yeah. one person, you know, calls somebody out, it's just gonna be like a ripple effect of too much bullshit that nobody wants to deal with. So I don't think Narduzzi wants to deal with it either, but I think he's kind of sick of it as well. So it's like this catch 22 where coaches don't want to say who it is because they don't want to start the fire, but they also are so sick and tired of it that they want to say something. So they just mention it. So I, I mean, it's, I, de- I definitely think it's true. And I think the sad thing is, is it's probably happening absolutely everywhere with, uh, with tons of different players. Um, and really, it's just gonna it's gonna change the way college football is played because you're gonna see players like Jordan Addison, you know, in other places just leave after great seasons, and it's just gonna be for money and nothing else. So, um, I think it's a real thing. Yeah, I just it I think if, if you're gonna snitch, I think you go all the way. I think eventually there's gonna be a coach that comes along, and it might be Dion, um, who who just blows it all up. You know, as soon as it happens, just starts name dropping the schools, the money, um, 
you know, drops the receipts, the conversations. Like, I think that will come eventually. Um, and there might be some more like regulation around NIL and the way that you can tamper. So uh, we'll see, but I think it's just a fuck scenario right now. And it's just like, this is what we get because of that. So. Let me just say Pat Narduzzi. Pat Narduzzi is ratting. Uh, he's the most, he's the person, he's the person with Phil Dracovic hit the portal and, and the dude was a pit panther within two days. Like, Pat Narduzzi may shut your ass up. You don't get the rat just because you're a victim. Like, listen, you play this game just like everybody else played this game. You can't speak on what other team tampering and all this shit. Uh, you had Keaton Slovis from USC. I'm pretty sure he didn't go to pit for free. So, um, yeah, man, take your lumps, man. Stop bitching. That's <laughs> all so I got to say to you, bro. Like, yeah, tampering is going to happen. I mean, tamper back. You in Pittsburgh. Like, you can tamper back, man. Stop crying yeah. about this shit. I mean, they did pretty well in terms of transfers. So, um, yeah, they're, they're doing the same thing. They're doing absolutely yeah. the same thing. Just tamper back. Uh, why the fuck you uh complaining on on Drake May's behalf? Like Drake May is fine. I'm pretty sure Carolina matched, or, or they gave him something. He got a raise. Drake May's fine. Carolina didn't lose him. Everybody's okay. So why are you crying about it? Yeah, they got that quarterback from Penn State, Christian. Uh, however you say his fucking last name, most of you guys probably know who I'm talking about. Uh, and then they got Donovan McMillan, who. Know, a lot of Hokie fans wanted coming out of high school. Yes. We wanted them too. They got him as well. Yes, a two-time Hokies target. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he was like he was like, a, he was like a real target. I mean, a lot of people thought we were going to get him from Florida. Nope, ends up at Pitt. So, they got the bag too. They're throwing that. Right. So, so, so basically, stop crying. Uh, you'll be all right. Um, so, uh, like I said, I was talking about Fuente earlier. Um, him doing radio uh, for the Sun Bowl. I know Pitt is playing against, I forget who from, I want to say UCLA. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, How he does. Well, obviously, he's doing a radio broadcast. But it's going to be interesting to hear. I think Fuente trying to get back in the game, man. Fuente doing what he got to do to get back in the game. You cannot stay away from the game and get a job, not a job in a P5 or G5. Oh, yeah. So I think Fuente doing what he got to do to get his name out there, get his face out there. Uh, some of his former friends or current friends or, you know, staff members, uh, uh, you know, Barry Odom's the head coach at UNLV, and he got he got Vance Vice down there with him, man. And he got uh Chabez. he got Vance Vice and, and Chavez. <laughs> James Chavez. Uh, Shout outs, man. Getting the old game back together. So, hey, maybe Fuente, quarterback coach in a year or two, because Bobby <laughs> that, Petrino's the, that'd be Bobby fire. Petrino's the OC. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, V's like a school that should be good in the Mountain West, but they've always been terrible. But now that now that Vegas is like a football town, now that the Raiders are there and they play in the Raiders Stadium, hey. it would be sweet if uh if UNLV was good. Good couple couple NIL bags. You, yeah, I feel like I feel like you you'd have a great nil market in Vegas, right? And Let I mean, me there's say, there's like no other Power Five teams around there, and like in the state of Nevada. 
let me let me just let me just say a little history lesson. I'm a little older than you know. I'm a little older than some of our listeners. I'm a little older than you. Uh, when UNLV was good in basketball, bruh, like it was crazy. Let me just say that uh, the, the NCAA had to step in on that. Like you had motherfuckers, Larry Johnson, Stacy Augman. When UNLV was popping, popping in basketball, the running Rebels. Man, these motherfuckers got caught in a hot tub. What a what a fixing in the hot tub with them, bruh. First of all, shouldn't no college athletes be in a hot tub with another man anyway? Like, bruh, y'all play at UNLV. Where the hoes at? Like, let's get to the real. But yeah, bruh, like when UNLV was popping, man, the NCAA had to step in. Like, hell no, bruh. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. That might happen again if football gets good. Yeah, man. Barry Odom get that shit pop. Like, you, NCAA had to kill that UNLV shit. Yeah, the fuck no, you're not. Back when they had Greg Anthony and them. Like, that shit was crazy. UNLV was popping back in the 90s. They had to put a stop to that shit. But, uh... What else we got going on in the world? You've been keeping up with the uh, Tory and Meg trial? I have not, no. Oh, okay, so uh, this week in Black News. Uh, <laughs> um, they, I think they're about to reach a verdict soon, bro. Um, basically, I don't think they got enough evidence to say Tory Lane shot anybody. Um, I know people want to make this that the court system hates black women, but you got to have evidence. Uh, everybody's story is all shaky as hell. The evidence looking crazy. Um, Tory Lanez, I think his prints came back inconclusive on the gun. Like right now, the story is shaky as hell, and I think Tory Lanez is going to go free. Run, run through the story real quick for me and for anybody else who's listening that doesn't know. Okay, so rapper Meg Thee Stallion um, was allegedly shot in her foot or her feet by allegedly Tory Lanez after a altercation that got them kicked out of a Kylie Jenner party where allegedly Tory Lanez was trying to hook up with Kylie Jenner. Meg found out about it, got salty about it. Uh, Meg's best friend, former best friend, Kelsey, was also there. And she, apparently she was also fucking Tory Lanez. So just a mess. Just just a mess. And uh, yeah, allegedly there was a fight between Kelsey and Meg. A gun was drawn. Meg ends up with bullet fragments in her feet. And they can't find out who pulled the trigger. Uh, because they say that the gun, I witness say that the girl, uh, that Kelsey, uh, that a girl did it, Kelsey, but everybody's story is so convoluted and fucked up that, uh, yeah, man, I think Tori's getting off. So nobody's getting, nobody's getting charged. Tori's going to get off. I don't think nobody's getting charged. And there's no, there's no physical evidence that Tori was the one that pulled the trigger. Yes, there, there is no physical evidence. There's. All they have is Meg saying that he did it, and all the evidence is saying uh, it's kind of not the case. 
So, gotcha. so what? Are, what are you? What are your thoughts? Do you think? Who do you think did it? I think. I think the friend did it. I think the friend. I think the friend. I don't think the friend ever intended to shoot Meg. I think the. I think the, the gun was drawn. I think uh, the gun went off a couple times, and I think some fragments hit Meg's feet, and then they left. Gotcha. Yeah, it's probably the most likely. Right. Yeah. Listen to all all women out here that be thinking that they can take on the big girl. Uh, no, you cannot. You are gonna get your ass kicked every time. There's no need to resort to violence. Sometimes you just gotta say, "My bad, OG." You gotta give it up sometimes and just say, "Listen, that's a loss. I can't win this one." Pick your battles. You gotta pick your battles sometimes. You gotta just pick your battles. Uh, shout out to Wise Tail. Um, everybody's ratting. Hey, I gotta keep that same energy, man. Look, man, snitching is snitching. Gonna you snitch, my boy. You snitch. You gotta listen. Anytime a person gonna say who I told on when they answer you when they answer your shit when 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 people answer your allegations with a question, they know they're guilty. So they might <laughs> say who I told on. Oh, where my paper? Oh, where the paperwork, bro? You told, you read it. You were facing RICO charges. Next thing you know, you're out with time served. Hey man, he was trying to come home, bro. Listen, it's Christmas time. Oh yeah, and the rest of them are probably gonna go down now. Shit, they taking plea deals too. Like, like Thug gonna be the only one that's gonna get 175 thousand years. Everybody else is gonna be home chilling. Shit, they said one of the shooters took a plea deal. Like you a shooter, how you get a plea? Oh, it's about to get nasty for young food. Oh yeah, it's oh, about yeah. to get nasty for your boy. A lot, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of play, a lot of different things might blow up because of that. Yeah, yeah. So. Anything you got to say to the people before we sign off? I'm just pumped. I don't know. This is the first time in, in basically my coherent life as a Virginia Tech fan that I've been, you know, because I, I mean, Fuente came in 16. I was a senior in high school. I didn't really follow sports okay. that well. Um, I followed it more as I got to college and obviously now, but. Uh, this is like the first time that I've been like genuinely excited about the program that, you know, I can really recall where I knew what was going on. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm just pumped to see where this goes. I'll, I will be at the spring game because I moved. Okay. I'm closer to Virginia Tech now, so I'll be there. Um, so I'm just excited to see everybody and hang out and go to some games next year, I guess, because we're going to be solid. I mean, we play a bunch of terrible teams, but fuck it, I mean, it'll be fun to come down maybe for Purdue. I don't know. Where's the Rutgers game at? Are we playing Rutgers at home or away? I'm not sure. Play Rutgers too. I'm not sure. Um, two big times. I would not. Teams, I but... would not go to North Jersey for a game. I know that much. I, yeah, I would not do that either. But I would come down to <laughs> come down to VT, baby. <laughs> if we if we play Purdue at home, then we definitely probably play Rutgers on the road. Yeah, probably. I'm assuming. So. I don't think the Big Ten would sit up here and be like, "Okay, we're going to send gas down to PT." Like somebody right. got to come somewhere. So yeah, so I'm I'm just pumped. Uh, 
I think I think everybody's excited. Um, really like what they're doing with Mansour Delane as well, being like poster boy, leading the recruiting. So that's pretty much it for me, man. I'm just I'm just excited for once, which is pretty fresh breath of air. Yes, yes. Um, with 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 while there are still concerns and while there is still reason to be, you know, okay, we're not perfect. Like like Drew just said, we have a reason to be excited. There is a reason to have some excitement, and we're not done. We're not. I don't think Fry and his staff is done. I don't think. I don't think the work is done. I think there's still more transfers. There's gonna be guys looking to transfer all the way up until fall camp next year. So, right. I I will put a I will put a pin in this discussion. And because there's still, I still believe there's offensive and defensive line linemen uh, that we can get, and I still think that there's more tough conversations that we need to have um, to free up space. So that's it for Don V Fridays. Uh, we want to thank y'all for listening. We'll talk to y'all next time. Till then, God bless.